The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Make It Pine. M.I.P. With Massimella Mark Thompson. Make It Pine. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, we must, of course, discuss the aftermath of that horrible Senate proceeding Wednesday. I spoke to you from that location on yesterday as it was happening. Today, we'll talk about the aftermath. Many of you will remember that we used to do a regular segment called Meet the Black Press. We are working to bring that back and to bring it back even bigger and better. And we do that with the National Newspaper Publishers Association. We're happy to have with us to provide his perspective on what has happened this week and also get his reaction to some comments Joe Biden made yesterday about the black electorate. We welcome back the Reverend Dr. Benjamin F. Chavis Jr., the president of the National Newspaper Publishers Association, BlackPressUSA.com. Dr. Ben, how are you, brother? I'm doing fine, Mark. And uh, this is another day that the Lord have made. And of course, we're in the aftermath of the Senate failing to do what it should have done. Uh, but I want to encourage uh, black Americans, I want to encourage communities of color that this is not the end. Uh, this is not a period. It's not even a common. Mm. Uh, we got to keep uh, pressing forward for freedom, justice, and equality on voting rights, on uh, criminal justice reform, on health care, on ending poverty, on environmental justice, on climate justice. Uh, I mean, we got a, a laundry list of things that we got to push, but the most important thing right now is voting rights. Yeah, yeah, no. Voting rights is the key to all these other things. And we cannot afford in 2022 to allow uh, a political party at the federal level or a political party at the state level or county level, or municipal level, whatever level. We can't allow these people that are trying to deny our right to vote to keep us from voting. Yeah, yeah. I think the, this, the, the, the uh, antidote to voter suppression is overwhelming voter turnout. And the truth of the matter is, Mark, uh, while we've increased our voter participation over the last several years, we still don't have maximum voter turnout in the black community. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, some of us have been hoodwinked, as Malcolm would say. Some of us have been... Um, 
uh, alienated from the political process. Uh, but whatever reason or whatever caused it, uh, because we know there's a lot of misinformation campaigns out there targeted toward uh, African-American, particularly African-American men. Mm-hmm. African-American women been out there, man, fighting hard. It's time for brothers to step up and uh, also come to the front line of the struggle on voting rights. So in Georgia, in Florida, in Texas, in my home state of North Carolina, uh, even Virginia now, uh, all over the country, uh, uh, it, it does not bode well. Uh, certainly, we were disappointed what happened to Senate, but we must translate. Dr. King used to tell us, Mark, we translate our disappointment, even our trans- translate our anger into a positive modus operandi so we can make some change. Yeah, yeah. What were you, what thoughts were going through your head as you watched that debate on the floor yesterday? Something you just said to Mitch McConnell was saying that that um, there's no voter suppression because African-American turnout has increased. But that's precisely why they're suppressing the vote in these 19 states, isn't it? Exactly. It's a direct response. Uh, if, if if we were not increasing our voter turnout, there would be no voter suppression. Mm-hmm. And so, again, check this out. <laughs> They're doing voter suppression because we modestly increased our voter turnout. So our solution to the voter suppression is we got to maximize our voter turnout. We got to overwhelm them at the polls. And they can do anything they want about not giving out water or making us stand in the rain, making us stand in the heat. Uh, you know, if, if we have to stand like our brothers and sisters in South Africa did, for three days, they stood in line to make sure they vote. And they had a 99% voter turnout in South Africa. If you can have a 99% turnout of the black vote in South, in apartheid South Africa, what is going on with apartheid in America? Mm. Mm. And, uh, Raphael Warnock, who was so eloquent yesterday, I mean, he preached a sermon. Yes, he did. Uh, are we going to be a, a January 5th um, nation or a January 6th nation? Because the insurrection took place 24 hours after Georgia because of our turnout. It, it was a reaction. Keep in mind, January 6th was a reaction to January the 5th. Right, right, right. Black a reaction to what happened in November. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, January the 6th is a dress rehearsal. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, and, and 2022 uh, becomes a um, not just a land, a, a line in the sand. 2022 becomes a, a, a pivotal moment. Um, this will determine whether or not America goes backwards in terms of racial justice, racial equity, racial, racial empowerment, racial, racial equality, or whether it goes forward. Yes, sir. And, yes, sir. And, and communities of color. The key is in our own hands. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We, need, we need to vote. The senators that voted against the John Lewis Voting Act need to be voted out of office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And see, what they plan to do is to vote people in in 2022. Our plan, we need to take some people out. <laughs> right, right. More MIP after this message. But the other thing Warnock said, too, if people are going to be standing in line and the reason folks did so everyone understands the suppression works this way. The reason they you people stand in line so long 
is because they increase the polling sites in white neighborhoods yes. and decrease the polling sites in black neighborhoods. That's correct. They, they, they cut out early voting days and all of that. And what Warnock was saying and Cory Booker agreed is that you asking people to stand in line for eight hours or more to vote. That's a work day. So then people have to miss work to go vote. And if that's a, a cost, a financial cost, Ben, of voting, that's a that's a that's a modern day poll tax. Making people miss work to vote is is his own poll tax. And and that's the thing that um that makes it so challenging. Well, again, it's it's systematic. Uh, they not only reduce the number of polling sites in the African American community. But in those places where polling sites remain, there were long lines. Law enforcement were harassing people in the line. Mm. I, I remember um, when I used to live in Florida, I had to vote for eight, ten hours. The, the law enforcement started towing people's cars away while mm. they were trying to vote. That's wow. So all these tactics, you know, uh, the board of elections, uh, the, the county commissioners, uh, the people who supervise, the secretary of the states in these states. Uh, we have to be vigilant, you know, and my thing is we need to be working on a massive ground voter turnout. And the reason why I say ground, I mean people to people, person to person. While media is important, radio is important, television is important, social media is important, Mark, but there's no substitute for us getting out there, knocking on some doors, getting our cars, getting our vans, getting our church buses, getting our transportation. We take people to the polls. You know, it, we have to see voting as a life and death reality. Yeah. And yeah. we have to choose life over death. I'm afraid though, Ben, there's some of us who don't see it. People feel as if this is a manifestation of Biden not doing um, enough for our community not delivering. First of all, I think I think part of the problem is getting the Biden administration to understand and getting the public to understand. People were told if you vote in 2020, you vote in a special election in Georgia, we'll have a majority. People don't really comprehend or understand because it's not clear. Well, if, you, if we have a majority, that's what it says. Then why can't we get passage on bills? Most many people are just learning about and cloture for the first time. They have, okay, they have this uh, House, the Senate, and the White House. But however, you have rules since the Civil War that prevent uh, our interests from being uh, manifest. So you need more than a majority. And what I'm trying to say is we got to continue to uh, elect progressive people to, uh, in both the House and the Senate, but we also need to clean out these state legislatures. Mm. We, need to, we need to send some people home. And then we need to put some people in there. I'm talking about the state level where all this gerrymandering is going on, where all the voter suppression is taking place. And I, and I think the United States Justice Department is going to have to activate the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department. We need to be taking these states uh, to court, to federal court. Yes, and one thing the administration has done, but nobody has talked about, we have put a record number of African-Americans on the federal judiciary mm -hmm. all over the country. People are not talking about it. All right. If we got these judges in place, let's take these white supremacists, let's take these voter suppressionists to court. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that, that's a victory unto itself. I, I'd like to, to you in the audience, though, I know you've heard this, but I want the audience to hear it. And Ben, I want to get your reaction on the other side. 
Um, Kristen Welker of NBC News asked a question at Biden's epic press conference. And of course, he can't win. The media says he didn't hold the press conferences. Then they were complaining yesterday the press conference was too long. Uh, so he's under that kind of attack. But take a listen to, to how Biden. Media is fickle. Yeah, yeah. The Beltway media, especially. Um, here's Kristen Welker's question to Joe Biden. More MIP after this message. Mr. President, but I want to ask you about black voters, one of your most loyal constituencies. Yep. I was in Congressman Clyburn's district yesterday in South Carolina. You opened this news conference talking about him. I spoke to a number of black voters who fought to get you elected, and now they feel as though you are not fighting hard enough for them and their priorities. And they told me they see this push on voting rights more as a last minute PR push than it is a legitimate effort to get legislation passed. So what do you say to these black voters who say that you do not have their backs as you promised on the campaign trail? I've had their back. I've had their back my entire career. I've never not had their back. And I started on the voting rights issues long, long ago. That's what got me involved in politics in the first place. And uh, I think part of the problem is, uh, um, look, there's, there's significant disagreement in every community on whether or not the timing of assertions made by people has been in the most timely way. So I'm sure that there are those who are saying that why didn't Biden push John Lewis bill as hard as he pushed it the last month. Why did he push it six months ago as hard as he did now? Um, uh, the fact is that there is, um, there's a timing that is not of one's own choice. It's somewhat dictated by events that are happening in country and around the world as to what the focus is. But part of the problem is as well, I have not been out in the community nearly enough. I've been here an awful lot. I find myself in a situation where uh, um, I don't get a chance to look people in the eye because of both COVID and things that are happening in Washington to be able to go out and do the things that I've always been able to do pretty well. Connect with people. Let them take a measure of my sincerity. Let them take a measure of who I am. For example, I mean, as I pointed out in South Carolina, um, you know, last time when I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee, I got the Voting Rights Act extended for 25 years and I got Strom Thurmond to vote for it. That's what I've been doing my whole career. And so the idea that I, that, that I didn't either anticipate or because I didn't speak to it as fervently as they want me to earlier. In the meantime, I was spending a lot of time, spent hours and hours and hours talking with my colleagues on the Democratic side, trying to get them to agree that if in fact this occurred, if this push continued, that they would be there for John Lewis and anyway. So, um, but I think that's, that's a problem that is my own making by not communicating as much as I should have. Yet, you find that uh, when you deal with members of the Black Caucus and others in the, in the United States Congress, I still have very close working relationships. So it's 
like every community. I'm sure that there are those in the community and I'm a, I'm a big labor guy. I'm sure there's people in labor saying, why haven't I been able to do A, B, C, or D? So it's just going to take a little bit of time. Joe Biden uh, yesterday responding to NBC's Kristen Welker. Ben, what, what's your reaction to his response to that question? Well, I'm first of all, the way the question was posed presupposes that African-Americans are angry and mad at Biden. That's not true. What African-Americans are angry and mad at is the rise of white supremacy, is the um, steady increase in racially motivated police brutality, is all these voter suppression tactics. Certainly, African-Americans want the Biden administration to, to do more, but wanting somebody to do more doesn't mean that you're saying, well, I'm disappointed I'm not going to vote to these people because they, they have let me down. That is not the sentiment of the black community. And so I, I think that um, uh, the way these mainstream media poses questions to the president presupposes a false narrative when it comes to black America. Certainly you have a right to ask the president tough questions. He has a right to give tough answers. But I, I think that um, um, uh, where is the critique of the people who are trying to take away our right to vote? Where's the critique of the uh, 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 what is going on in Texas and Florida and Georgia and other states? I think in almost 40 states, there's been some type of bill introduced, Mark, to take away the right to vote or to limit the right to vote. That's what we should be focused on. And I think that, um, uh, I don't think the Biden-Harris administration needs a reset I think what they need to do is to declare once and for all that we are going to fight by all means necessary uh, in a nonviolent way uh, to secure the right to vote for every American. Uh, and, and if that messaging, yes, the president said he's going to get out more. That's fine. But it can't just be the president of the United States. We need everybody out. I, I think sometimes I've said this to you before, Mark, we think the solution to our problems are in Washington. The solution to our problems are also in our community levels. The solution to our problems is at the state level. You know, we need grassroots mobilization. We need grassroots uh, organization. We need grassroots challenging to the status quo. There should not be a city council meeting. There should not be a county commissioner meeting. There should not be a school board meeting. There should not be even a, a meeting about recreation or, or housing or, or redistricting without us overflowing all those places. You know, we need to raise our voice. We need to amplify uh, uh, our voice, uh, Mark, and we need to amplify our presence back in the street. You know, and, and I'm talking nonviolent now. I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm saying, you know. Uh, I remember when we organized the Million Man March, we brought a million brothers to Washington, D.C. to stand strong, to take responsibility. And almost two million brothers showed up. Uh, 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 and, you know, there was no attempt uh, to break into the Capitol. There, there was no attempt to uh, commit violence on law enforcement. Um, so 
we have the capacity uh, to make a real difference. And, and I think that uh, all these uh, precincts, I think we need to uh, uh, overwhelm all the places where we, they got to vote. And then I think it, uh, we probably need to take thousands of black folks to where white folks vote. You know, we, we, gotta, we gotta be creative. You know, okay, you're gonna take away our right to vote in our community? Yeah, okay, we're coming to your community to vote. You're not gonna deny us the right to vote. And, and I think we gotta have, we gotta disrupt white supremacy. We gotta disrupt uh, racial injustice. We gotta disrupt voter suppression. You know, uh, we, we were in the gallery the other night watching. I, I would like to bring you know, 500,000 people into the center. You know, uh, not carrying Confederate flags, not wearing Nazi uh, paraphernalia, and, and not trying to assault law enforcement, but peaceful. If there's ever a time that Martin Luther King's strategy for nonviolent civil disobedience, it is now. And the point is well made about the Beltway media coverage. We don't see daily coverage, national coverage, of what's going on in these 19 voter suppression states. That's but, right. folks, but folks, that's why, uh, as we close, we want you to support the black press because that is there is no substitute for your local press. That's right. So, so with the, the black press is in every state. And so you want to keep up with what's going on in the states through the black press, because, again, this Beltway media is not going to cover. Now, everybody's talking about Russia. Now they moved on from voting rights to Russia. They control what we hear and what we understand and what we see. Right. They control the narrative. But 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 here's the thing. The black press, I can assure you, Mark, is not going to be hoodwinked. We're not going to go for the okie doke. Uh, we're not going to be posing questions uh, that presupposes our alienation, that presupposes our disgust, that presupposes our uh, internecine warfare among ourselves. You know, I, I think um, uh, uh, we need to talk about a West Virginia solution and we need to talk about an Arizona solution. Uh, because I think that people who vote against our interests uh, 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 should not be left comfortable politically. And, um, you know, I, I saw the other night that people were going patent uh, Senator Cinema uh, on the back, patent Joe Manchin on the back for their deviance, their deviant political behavior. You know, and so... Uh, uh, we need to hold them accountable for their deviance. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, some of us, uh, Reverend Stephen Green, Reverend Jamar Boyd and others and us, and we talked to Dr. Chavis, even Reverend Jackson, Reverend Barber. We are contemplating all of us folks. Uh, we're going to be talking about that in the days to come. Super Bowl is supposed to be in Arizona in 2023. Mm -mm. You know, we may have to do like was done in the Martin Luther King holiday in Arizona. We had to shut Arizona down to get that holiday pass. And the public enemy, Ben, and see so you, you, your relationship with the hip hop community, we may need to get public enemy to come together and reprise their song by the time I get to Arizona and make it specific to this situation, voting rights and Kirsten Cinema. But folks, stay tuned for that. We invite you to go to blackpressusa.com. Keep up with everything that's going on there. You'll be hearing more from Dr. Chavis in the days and weeks to come. And we hope to get Meet the Black Press 
back on air weekly just for this very reason folks because there is a dearth of coverage of our community from from our perspective and don't get me wrong Kristen's a sister um with nbc and that's fine but you're right while i support her question there is no coverage uh of what is going on brother um the brother down in in florida in jacksonville uh, we're gonna try to get him on the show shut down ron DeSantis's press conference and went to jail for doing so because he wanted to ask relevant questions ron DeSantis don't want to answer relevant questions so we've got to um figure out a way to deal with this so people can understand um uh, you know what is really going on out here like we get the frustration last thing i'll say ben you know i thought about this uh i spent some time with representative Clyburn yesterday and we talked about this i know everybody's frustrated but i want y'all to think about it this weekend this saturday uh 49 year anniversary of roe v wade next year will be 50. those who've wanted to stop roe and overturn it might finally get it to happen with the supreme court but they didn't expect the instant gratification of that movement being resolved in one year we voted in 2020 2021 we want everything all our problems solved those wrote those anti-women's choice protesters have been working for 49 going on 50 years they never gave up they applied the eternal vigilance frederick douglas talked about to their struggle if they had given up roe never would have been overturned now it's about to be because they didn't give up we may have to understand that we have to be as vigilant frederick douglas is ours we may not get it all in the, the, within a year or two of our voting but what did the republicans do they took their time they controlled the courts ben said it's very important we're now getting some of those judicial appointments back but for 50 years they've been making judicial appointments mitch mcconnell uh uh uh, uh packed talking about packing the court packed all the federal courts with trump appointees and right-wing appointees and so now so they can look now 50 years later and say this is a victory there's some struggles that are going to take us a little bit more time and we need to think about that okay. um we, um you know freedom is a constant struggle yeah um and the struggle continues uh i think that um 2022 i predict a resurgence of grassroots door-to-door -door community organizing grassroots door-to-door -door gotv uh we need a spring offensive yeah on voting rights. that's right let's get it on uh, before we go, Dr. Chavis, so I want to give you a moment or two. I want to lift up. Dr. Chavis uh, suffered a transition in his family. His oldest sister, Helen Chavis Ortho, passed away. She was an incredible scholar who wrote the definitive biography, the definitive biography of their great-great-grandfather, uh, John Chavis, who fought in the Revolutionary War. Uh, as a matter of fact, Ben, share share with the audience a little bit about Helen Chavis and who she was. Helen uh, Chavis Arthur was one of my oldest sisters. Uh, she passed away on January 1st, 2022. Um, we, we spent Christmas with her, Thanksgiving with her. She was in great shape, but had a, a severe stroke that she did not recover from. Uh, she was a scholar had a PhD from University of Wisconsin, 
in English and Africana studies. She married a brother from the Sudan, another author who was a freedom fighter in the South, who was in fact killed uh, during the uh, Civil War uh, in the Sudan. Uh, we gave my sister a uh, African-centric uh, home going ceremony in Oxford, North Carolina, uh, in a cemetery that's been in the uh, Chavis family for over 200 years. Um, so I thank you, Mark. Uh, I appreciate all the condolences, but I plan to keep my sister's spirit alive yeah. and to fight for freedom, justice, and equality uh, in our HBCUs. My sister taught it six to seven different HBCUs over the years, Howard, Hampton, Jackson State, North Carolina Central, John C. Smith, and many others. Um, and uh, one of the things she said to me uh, before she uh, had the stroke uh, was what we just talked about. She was concerned about all the voter suppression that was going on. And her book about John Chavis is a, is a book that I commune everybody reads called John Chavis, uh, Patriot, uh, talks about the importance of education. Uh, he, he was the first brother that, that, that they allowed into Princeton, what was now called Princeton, uh, back in the 1700s. But the point is, uh, all of our elders, we have to learn from our history and try to pass that legacy on. Uh, earlier today, uh, Mark, I had the opportunity to talk to uh, the Reverend Jamal Boyd II, a young 27-year-old brother. And I saw him not only as a scholar, but an activist freedom fighter. We need to raise up a generation of millennials, a generation of Generation Z, freedom fighters who excel academically, who excel, excel in street organizing, who excel in advocating so that we can deal with a narrative that the whole family has to be freedom fighters. That's one thing I learned about my family. Uh, my mother, my father, my sisters, uh, my cousins, my uncles, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, my great-great-great-grandparents were all freedom fighters. That's a, that's a Chavis family tradition, uh, of course. Uh, and you interviewed Jamar Boyd. Let, let's also, before we get remind everyone, uh, um, Chavis, Chavis Chronicles. Yes, on yeah. PBS every week. On PBS, folks, check your local listings. Um, and Dr. Chavis has always used not, you know, the pulpit, his activism. And uh, print broadcast media. You know, we have to, uh, I think Du Bois taught us, we have to cover all those bases. Marcus Garvey as well. Uh, the, the UNIA had its own newspapers uh, and what have you. So we've got to get uh, we've got to get our word out from our perspective. That's very important. BlackPressUSA.com and Chavis Chronicles. Check your local PBS stations. This will not be the last year of Dr. Chavis because, as I said, we're going to get Meet the Black Press back on. Absolutely. We've got to make a return. All right. Thank you, Dr. Chavis. Thank you, Mark. God bless. God bless you. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Say 
goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 